Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Matt Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? There's a lot of trial and error, and I think, you know, all parents really have, you know, we have the best intentions. Yeah, and absolutely. in the end, it's just like trying to find what, like what works might not be, really might not be any of the stuff we think is going to work. Hey, that was Natalie Du Redmond. She's of Sweden and the world giving us something to think about. Uh, and before we launch into her conversation uh, in a car in Singapore in motion, I wanted to just say thank you to all of you out there in Lane Cove, New South Wales. And oh, I love the idea of being connected to success in Western Australia. Fantastic. Uh, Andalusia and Veneto. Oh, yay. There's our Italian uh, group there. And uh, we also have Beaumont, Texas, Crystal Lake, Illinois, and Kraslice in uh, Karlovarsky Krai. That sounds good, too. Hey, hmm, maybe that's one of Jana's people. Hello out there. Thank you for listening, sharing, and enjoying the moments with us. Uh, let's pretend that we're sitting out in the park having a conversation, maybe, and... <laughs> Uh, having some good laughs and a good cold drink. I don't know. Today, Natalie and I talk about realities of being an expat parent, uh, you know, moving kids around and ourselves and starting up again, as well as uh, what Natalie is doing on the planet. She is uh, my uh, baby wearing guru. She also does um, La Leche lactation consulting and uh, some new things maybe on the horizon as uh, things unfold. We'll let you guys know if we know. But uh, so it was, you know, it's good to talk to somebody. We haven't seen each other for a while. She's um, been in a another part of the world, a warmer part of the world. And so today, meet Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. Hi, Ariel. Thank you. I hear you're you're in your car and you're on your way home from a meeting. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Actually, a really good connection considering. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's not bad, huh? That sounds really quiet and nice sound. That's super. So where are you coming from? Yeah. And, and actually, you're in Singapore right now, right, still, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we know I each am. other from Czech Republic, from your baby wearing group, uh, where yeah. you, when I was quite pregnant, helped me to make <laughs> some decisions about carrier versus, or, you know, versus the, the wrapping and, and a little bit about yeah. breastfeeding and all of that. But you, you have, you're working with different things now. What's happening? Well, to some extent, I'm still doing those things, so I'm... Um, From a distance I'm, or also um, where you are? Sorry? From a distance here or where you are well, now? both. Uh, so I still run, in Prague, I still run the uh, online version of the uh, breastfeeding support group. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, I and I'm... You. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still a little bit involved in the baby wearing group, but just for kind of for fun, I've sort of handed over all the admin to some of the other ladies who were um, getting into it back then. So that's really great. I'm really happy that both of the groups have been able to stay, um, stay alive. Really great. And um, so here in Singapore, I'm still doing, uh, I'm still doing breastfeeding support. So I'm working with La Leche Lee here. Cool. Uh, which is really great. Um, and it's quite a, um, let's say there are quite a lot of organizations and quite a lot of different people who work in this field. So it's a really great community as well. No need. And, yeah. and um, do you want to tell our audience a little bit about you too, since you are more than a tri-country lady now? <laughs> Oh, I don't I mean, know where to start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever you, whatever comes at this moment is fine. Um, well, would anybody want to know? Um, <laughs> well, I've, um, I'm from Sweden originally, and but I haven't lived there for a long time. Um, before we met in the Czech Republic, I was in Austria, and um, after the Czech Republic, uh, we were in the U.S. for a while. Coming back then to Prague for a little stopover where I had my second baby, um, and after that, we moved to Singapore. So um, I have two kids. Um, Jade is five and a half, and uh, Jasper is two and a half. And they are, they take a lot of time, <laughs> but they're great. I can imagine, since yeah. we only have one and I feel overwhelmed. I always think, more than one, how, what? <laughs> No. Well, I'm I'm very lucky here. It's uh, it's a big privilege um, living here in many ways, uh, and one of them being that we can have uh, we can have live-in help. Okay. Uh, which is something you know in Europe and many other parts of the world you just can't really do. Um, so it's a um, it's a it's a big help for me. Um, in many ways, life is a little bit different here, so it's somehow built around built around that concept in many ways too but also because my husband travels so much mm. um and we don't have as you know as well you know no, no right, being family an around no family like yeah yeah so it's um sometimes you just need to have that extra pair of hands and we're lucky enough to be able to to have that absolutely wow now you had you had a meeting quite it's nighttime there where it's after nine yeah, right <laughs> i had uh, it's a uh, it was a little bit of a hybrid thing. It started out with um, with my uh, uh, knitting group, and then it turned into uh, a bit of a I don't know what to call it, but uh, a little bit of a support meeting for for some uh, little things that were going on, and mm. yeah, so we got kind of held up. <laughs> but um, <laughs> things tend to be multi-dimensional. Yeah. You go in with one yeah. thing and out another. That's Happens yeah, with my clients yeah. as well, uh, and I mean friends and clients, I should say. Yeah. But um, and and what's uh, what's on your list of hopes and dreams these days, as far as the direction that you hope that your life work will 
Oh my gosh. So, um, that's a big question, but I mean, you know, is there anything <laughs> kind of floating around at the moment? Maybe that's, we'll start there. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess as a starting point, we're really happy that we were able to uh, stay here after the, uh, yes, that was kind of, uh, crazy. uh craziness <laughs> that was going on for a while, uh, uh, last year and the beginning of this year where we weren't sure if we could stay in Singapore and yeah. we were sort of halfway moved out and then we got the chance to kind of uh, get back on the leg that was still here and and kind of start over a bit on that so that's really great we're, we're happy about that. at least right uh, you got rid of stuff you didn't need maybe hopefully yes there was a lot of <laughs> forced uh, downsizing decluttering and a bit of downsizing on term, in terms of like all the stuff you carry yeah. around yeah. in life. Up so that was great. Yeah, cool. That was good. Um, so we're, we're really happy about that, hoping to stay another few years. We'll Super. see. But and then um, my big plan is that maybe I'll try to, I'm going to try to find some, some sort of part-time job, which is, it's a bit hard here. Um, it's because sort of, of language? Geared or- up. Well, it's, no, it's more that it's geared up towards um, basically a job is a full-time job and that's it. Oh, wow. Um, it's, wow, that's uh, a it's big hard difference. To find and, and due to some visa restrictions and things on my part, um, I can't I can't really pick and choose as much as I would maybe like to, but we'll mm. see. So that's in the in the in the works a little bit. Yeah. At least in the on the in the embryonic planning stage. <laughs> and has the work changed at all as far as the because you already have a really big job as a mom helper or no helper there's still a <laughs> it's a massive job so um can I ask you I mean other than having the, the live-in help but but as far as you're working with La Leche and some baby wearing and you've got the visa shift or whatnot is there anything that you feel like your work is different in, in the way that you communicate things or the mentality around breastfeeding and milk in general? It, how would you say that from the different places that you've been working and experiencing these realities, how is it different in Singapore? Hmm. Community. Because <laughs> I know it's not just Singaporeans, well, but it's, you know, extra. Um, no, it's... Um... Well, it's it's always interesting to see what the attitudes are like in a new place and how, um, I mean, for example, so um, when I tell people I'm from Sweden, they always say, oh, that's great because you're so pro, like everybody there is like so pro breastfeeding or they're so pro this or pro that and the welfare is so great. And I'm not sure, like my experience is not really that. Yeah. So I feel that... Um, I feel that, for example, working in Prague, um, from from my perspective, I never had an issue. Nobody ever gave me any negative feedback and so on. And I was maybe uh, the most worried I've been in in that regard has been when I um, uh, when we moved to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there would be more kind of maybe I don't know people looking at you strange or saying something or whatever, <laughs> but that never happened either. Mm. Um, I mean, I like I breastfed on the middle of Brooklyn Bridge and you know, <laughs> wherever, so <laughs> it didn't seem to bother anyone. And if it did, they didn't say anything. So all in all, it was fine. Um, and then coming to Singapore, I don't know. I'm not sure what I expected, um, but um, I just went about it just as 
as always. And um, I've always been, you know, happy to help normalize it. And and so far here, all the feedback I've had has been has been very good. And um, most people are are very positive. Uh, I guess the uh, the biggest challenge here when you're working with with mothers is that uh, Singapore has very short maternity leave and yeah. then um, it it's quite tricky so it's a lot of pumping and whatnot yeah I guess. well it's it's hard it's like you know there's some obviously the motivation is different the and also many go back to work after four months and and they have to find solutions for that which isn't so easy um so it's it's definitely like the challenges are different, but um, I would say also it's it's very common to at least try to to breastfeed for those the months that you are at home. So mm-hmm. that's good. Um, and and how, then how, uh, obviously it varies what what the solutions are for for going forward. And how how is society in general around breastfeeding? I mean, are are people doing the whole full on cover up thing or? People baby wearing, kind of doing it like inside the carrier or the wrap, or what is the mentality? Because I felt um, quite free of, here compared to yeah, there's California. A lot of baby wearing, <laughs> yeah, um, because of also you know getting around um, can be a bit challenging with strollers and stuff. But um, yeah, I guess I guess it's it's people maybe cover up more. There are a lot of but there are a lot of facilities as well that mm. for parents a lot of um, nursing rooms, a lot of, and not just for nursing, but for, you know, changing your baby or, or, or washing up like baby stuff. And like, there's like, you know, you can find places with, you know, a nursing chair, changing table, um, a little table to sit down. If you want to, I don't know, have a snack, <laughs> uh, boiling water, if you need oh, wow. that for anything, it's, um, it's quite good in that way and a lot of it is obviously because of local customs and stuff around things but I think in general it's very it's very it's like it, from what I can see it's very open and positive I haven't seen a lot of um, a lot of other attitudes but you which did, is great you did say something though not about uh, uh, breastfeeding but something about the diaper situation over there did you say that <laughs> Either they're overpriced yeah. or there's not a lot of choices or I forgot what you said when you well, moved over there. Well, it is it is definitely more uh it's more expensive than than we're um than if you compare to European prices for uh, in that in for for that specific product. Yeah. Okay. So, uh but it's also changed um it's also it's changed quite a lot I think over the past few years. Okay. So, there are there are more there's more to choose from there are more for example like um do they have natural okay that's what i was going to yeah, ask is if because exactly. we use natty baby uh, more, here but there's only one choice <laughs> two choices yeah a lot of that those a lot of them come from uh, either imported them from um, like new zealand australia or malaysia okay um so obviously sometimes that changes the price picture and the sizing but, picture uh, too, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. But all in all, I would say it's 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 probably gotten quite a lot better over the past few years. 
probably used to be quite a bit worse. But it's still expensive in, in comparison. Um, and going back just yeah. for a second to the about the carriers and the wraps, do you, do you notice that people are using one thing or another? Because it, I, I think of Singapore as being quite warm overall, but maybe that's my illusion from uh, talking to friends no, at different is. points. But, uh, it's between 20, basically, I think the average temperatures are between 28 and 34 all year round. Wow. Um, because I remember it was brutal. Very high humidity level. Yeah. I remember it was really, really challenging when it was humid and hot and yeah. I had a bunch of wraps and I couldn't wear half of them because it was just <laughs> dying of heat. So I just wondered if yeah. think people did things any differently or if they have some I solutions mean, that we don't normally have because we I don't, just uh, use a ring sling for yeah. everything. Um, but uh, it's I think there are quite a lot of these like mesh carriers and mm -hmm. things like that on the market. Um, but I see just as many like Tula's, Ergo's, okay. that type of carriers. I think, I think with, with baby wearing, it's just, you know, you have to accept that you're going to be hot. And here <laughs> it's like, it doesn't really matter. You're sweaty anyway. Right. Um, and it doesn't matter because it's like, you know, about 30 seconds after you're out of the shower, you're kind of, yeah, with you know, humidity like that, then you're just wet sticky. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, you're helping the baby to regulate by, by you know, depending on the yes. age of the child. Yes. So that's, you are. A, you know, we're willing to do that, <laughs> knowing that we're helping the, the poor little one to, to climatize yeah. or whatnot. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you feel is important for those of people who aren't uh, that familiar with baby wearing? Are, are there any, like, highlights as far as if somebody was... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. That's part of the reality. Say again. <laughs> no, no. I just, um, a lot of people, you know, there's, baby wearing has become super popular in the last decade or whatnot. I remember seeing mm. maybe 20 years ago or 15 years ago, I saw people even carrying their puppies in, <laughs> in yeah. slings and different things um, in California. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm just wondering if there were any essential, do you have, like, are you, do you have a website right now or do you send people to your Facebook group in Prague, if you're giving advice and you're talking about references and resources, what do you usually tell people? Um, like, look up your local well, group or what? On, <laughs> and on, same with La Lecha as well. So I, I, um, when I, when I do anything regarding baby wearing here, normally it is also with, often with the breastfeeding mother, yeah. um, who I'm trying to kind of help out with solutions for, for everyday life. Um, I normally try to actually refer them to local resources. Okay. There are quite a few baby wearing consultants here who do a great job on, on, um, uh, so yeah, I try to refer them to, to local resources and local baby wearing consultants to, um, because it's the easiest way normally for them to find, um, the products sure. and, uh, also often get they a lot of them do what is really great i think they do home visits oh wow with uh, sample carriers okay. and wraps and then show how to use them and uh, then you get to like do a rental for two weeks and if you're then buying the product you get that discounted off of the um, nice. the purchase price which is really great we had something when, when Mats and i first tried we were in California, actually, I was seven months pregnant, and there was a, I looked up a group kind of where we would be staying and dragged him there, and he said, I am never, ever going to do this, ever. But I made him, or I strongly suggested to try it, you know, and she, the lady had two huge suitcases 
full of so many different wraps and carriers. She was hilarious in San. She was down in San Rafael in California, and uh, and had these sort of heavy babies, you know, to put in there. Yeah. And yeah. he was so annoyed trying to do this whole scarf wrapping, you know, in his opinion, of this course. thing. And, of uh, and you would never know that that guy was nearly addicted to it later. <laughs> so, you know, he said this later, yeah, he was exactly, like, oh, right. it was like being, pre- <laughs> is this what it was like to be pregnant? Feeling Ella so close to him when he was little, when she was little, it was the most intense, beautiful experience. But I remember, you know, I was pretty impressed that this lady had all these different things to try. And if we had stayed longer, than just a yeah. you know quick Christmas visit, we could have done that. She also had some sort of like you could yeah. try it out, and right. then I don't know if she was selling or not. But and they do they do a lot of uh, secondhand, like like here in Prague, it's a whole it's practically a mom industry. I mean, it seems like people have so many wraps and they're buying and <laughs> well, selling all the time. Yeah, there or, is. I mean, there are some very active uh, baby wearing groups on Facebook. Yeah. So I, the there's quite a lot of. Uh, buy sell trade uh, going on um, definitely definitely yeah so I know Natalie you're you're nearing your your family destination but I just wanted to ask you so how how do you manage your family reality and your um, could you be, would you be willing to share both uh, a nice highlight from the last few months as well as an imperfect parenting moment <laughs> I don't know. I have so many of those. <laughs> well, I I know I I don't even need I don't need to think too hard when it's me. That's the imperfect part anyway. Oh gosh, I don't know. I just think you know, parenting in general is is. I mean, there's such a lot of there's a lot of trial and error, and I think you know all parents really have. You know, we have the best intentions, yeah, and absolutely. in the end, it's just like trying to find what, like, what works might not be really might not be any of the stuff we think is going to work. <laughs> and well I think, put. Um, yeah, I actually, I, I just recently read um, a blog post by a Swedish um, Swedish blogger and who. Uh, uh, she, uh, uh, I think she's a therapist and she also wrote some books about, um, basically about um, communication with children. And it was just interesting because she said, before I had children, you know, I had all these ideas. And I think we can all probably yeah. see how, like, <laughs> you, you look at yourself before you had kids. You're like, yeah, how hard can it be? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tell them, tell them no, or you know, tell them to stop or whatever. Uh, and then we have kids, you realize that's not really how it works. Um, and then, of course, there are children with that come with I don't know specific challenges and specific wants and needs, and that you can't really uh, that they don't like don't they might not fit into your the most common um, like cutout cookie cutout that. You know, this is a child. This is how they work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to to really find, you know, solutions that are very specific or decide what is important. What are the things I'm going to fight about? What are the things I'm going to let slide? And not because I'm a terrible parent who don't want to teach my children, you know, what's right and wrong and all those things, but because sometimes you have to really pick your 
not only your fights, but pick what what you think is worth even, you know, commenting on or getting upset about or, I don't know, all those things. So, um, well, we've had, one of the challenges we've had recently is how to make mornings less stressful and more pleasant for everybody involved. Um, (laughs) And although my daughter, she loves school, she wants to go to school, but in the mornings, it's not always easy for her to kind of get around the uh, whole, I have to get up, I have to have breakfast, I have to put on my school uniform, um, you know, somebody want, has to brush my hair and put my hair up and, you know, all those things. And then actually getting out the door, we need to uh, walk down a little hill and catch a bus and get in, get to school. Was so, she a morning person before, a... Natalie? Jade? <laughs> I, well. <laughs> I mean, did they wake, did she wake he... up at the crack of dawn be- before? <laughs> so. he asked. I don't mind mornings so much, but I'm not maybe the most sociable in the morning. Oh, I, I can relate that makes to that. Sense. <laughs> and and is Jade similar to you, or is she more of a hey, you wake up? At um, six in the morning. No, she can be a little bit uh, as usual. On weekends, kids wake up early and happy, and on weekdays when we have to do stuff, they uh, wake up. They don't want to get up, and they're grumpy. Oh no! Uh, but one <laughs> of the thing, one of the things we've done that really has that has improved certain aspects of it is, I drew the kids um, a schedule. Uh, where it clearly outlines the most important things we need to do in the morning. And so, you know, number one, wake up and get out of bed. <laughs> it seems <laughs> fairly like, but that has to, Jade was very adamant that all the important steps had to be there. She's like, if I didn't wake up and get out of bed, I could not have breakfast, right? Okay, good point. And I said, yep, that is right. So we have that on the schedule. And then we have, you know, go to the bathroom, have <laughs> breakfast, um, put on school uniform, brush teeth, brush hair, uh, put on shoes, uh, get the school bag, and then it's, you know, bye-bye time. So that has helped. So we, you can refer back to the schedule and see what comes next. Aww. Um, so that has been quite good. But um, it still obviously isn't completely foolproof. <laughs> <laughs> so um well yeah it takes a takes a bit of it takes a bit of tweaking and it's it's a never-ending story as well because it's not like you can tweak it once or twice and it's done it will you know it will probably require tweaking for many years to come but at least the basics are on the schedule <laughs> <laughs> any any tip last thoughts or tips and tricks for our other parents out there just trying to survive and (laughs) occasionally remind themselves to laugh about things and I don't know yeah that's always a good one (laughs) uh breathe have a cup of coffee and I think in the end you know kids want to be good they want to do they want to do what they know is right and it's just that I think sometimes they really have a hard time managing to get there. But I think we should keep that in mind because it makes it easier. Thank you, Natalie. And thank you so much for, for giving us a, a, a chunk of your time as your 
hopefully making your way towards bed or sleep or relaxation. Hopefully your kids are almost asleep or asleep so you can kind uh, they of are asleep. decompress they are and, asleep. and um, yeah. thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know it's been well, a bit of a challenge to align our time zones and our family yeah. realities and everything, all the chaos of life. Um, so thank well, you. thank you for being patient with me. Me too. And lovely speaking to you. <laughs> thank you, Natalie. We'll talk again soon. So that was Natalie. Yeah. On move. Well, good, <laughs> good to hear her. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's not only a guest but also a dear friend. You know, when we when we met in uh, baby wearing, which I actually didn't even really get into when I did the the lead in because I don't know, I just it kind of came through in the a uh, little bit in the conversation but yeah we you know as soon as I knew that she was Swedish you know we kind of I, we bonded more because we wanted to connect yeah, the totally. two of and, you and, and our kids. Natalie and was instrumental in, in getting me up and running on the baby, the wearing. baby wearing and to, to yeah. learn the tricks and techniques that is shown in many YouTube videos. Well you know like we said originally you were like no way. Yeah then, exactly. You I, know, totally no way. I spent a lot of time on YouTube after she showed me and I tried to show you and then we kind of forgot because I was pregnant you know whatever and yeah she didn't know she made a huge difference and you know such warmth and uh I don't know she just makes things seem easy you know in yeah, the moment yeah, just totally. super yeah. super easy yeah. going so uh it was nice to touch in about her own current story the expat world and all the different places that she's been in and how she's kept the continuity of the baby wearing and the la leche you know helping with the lactation consulting and yeah. somehow amidst having two small children it's kind of always inspiring that people can keep a line i try to but i, I gave up a little <laughs> bit for yeah. a while uh, and natalie is also fantastic i've seen a picture sometimes when she's wearing uh, her babies it's imp impressive i mean i i never managed the back uh, back wearing i i and, tried and it a couple times but it was not comfortable for me impressive to see these photos when she's uh, she yeah. was wearing jade for a long time and yeah. i i have to say i really i give her a hand because ella was nine kilos by six months and both of us were having back pain i thought it was just going to be me because i've got back issues but even you were like oh this is too much that we had these you know teenagers who would help us sometimes lovely girls and they were can't we use a stroller and i yeah. think that was the sign that i was thinking no i'm not putting her in a stroller you know so i think i i kept going oh, i think if i had a trip to the states and shoot and i was dying already it was like five and a half months and i remember thinking I was committed to us, you know, carrying versus stroller. Uh, that, our stroller sat for months and months and months that our friends gave us. And uh, eventually we, we gave in and yeah. uh, mostly out of self-preservation. But, you know, when I, yeah, I'd see these pictures of them traveling and there she was with Jade and then, you know, Jasper. It's yeah, amazing. But I, I coming, you, you, you discussed with me and, and uh, my resistance to it but I, I, I must say that it, it was the most fantastic thing I ever done uh, because I think I started really the first week or weeks yeah. of Ella and Absolutely. that was the only time she was really calm was with you yeah, yeah. She, uh, otherwise I, I rarely see her calm but then just, she just put her in that wrap yeah. and I think that I miss. I think uh, that wrap thing, like yeah. taking her out of the wrap, she, we had a lot, I, I realized later that was, we had a lot of things happen at once. We took her out of the wrap, then she lost her first babysitter because she went to a different job and she grew out of her bed. Like, and she, it, it, 
shook her world a little bit. Yeah. I think she she definitely was affected by that. It was interesting because now, I mean, it was already pretty popular when we started. I mean, I had mentioned that in California, I'd seen it for ages and just thought it was something that certain people did. And I didn't necessarily see myself doing it or us doing it. Uh, but it was really interesting to me how few dads were doing it at the time when you were doing it three years ago or now over three years ago. And now everybody's doing it. Now you see a lot more, but yeah, like at that I time see. they were, no, literally yeah. I think I saw two sort of hippie dads doing it in 2016. And I'm sure there were others. We just never saw them. And they usually had the carriers. Maybe one had the, a wrap. And in Sweden we saw only one guy. Most people had the baby Bjorn, but they didn't do the whole wrapping yeah, thing. The baby Bjorn, there was still not, only one or two guys. Feeling. I, no. I've done that before. It's no. not at all the same. It's, it's not that. Same. It's completely hugging the baby to you yeah. in a way that I think really does that whole, you know, heat acclimation and everything. Like, you know, they, they cool and they warm and they balance with you. It's, it's quite a, you feel like one. Yeah. And it also feels safer, I have to say. There's always this feeling of when, when your kid's in a stroller, that a car could come or it could get loose or I, you know, there's more yeah. things to think about when she was, I remember that transition was I went from, she was just a part of my body wherever I went, she went to, you know, it was a little more of an effort, I would say. And I'm definitely getting on and off trams and up to the house and all that stuff. So, but anyway, so, uh, and, I, and also I, I have the traditional check thing where I, I remember I was carried most of the time barefoot. And some grandmas oh, yeah. came up and told, pointed at her feet that they can't, she cannot be barefoot. Constantly. And this baby was always hot. Even yeah. when she wasn't in the carrier, this, this Ella, and even now, she is hot, hot, which is why this, you know, when it's hot weather, she suffers, you know. And, but nobody understood that. They just think, you know, it's 15 degrees and it's after September 1st or whatever, October or something, and, you know, get that kid some shoes. But she was so happy. She's still happy to be barefoot. I'm happy to be barefoot, so I can't blame her. But yeah, I remember that. There's often been a um, one of many barefoot stories in this country. Yes. Well, people have their traditions, I yeah. guess, or their ideas. But yeah, definitely. I mean, we're the baby wearing is a. I mean, we both did uh, breastfeeding, and for I mean, that's still not completely over at night. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, I really appreciated having the the combination. I mean, since uh, Natalie is doing lactation consulting and baby wearing. I re the, the two really fit quite well together because the best experience I had was when she was in a wrap and I could just feed her as I was walking around even. And if she was crying or we were in a tram, I could just, you know, feed her and she was inside and I didn't feel exposed. Not that I really care, honestly, at this point, but I wasn't sure how I would feel about that, but it, it made a difference. And, and the wrap really was different. And I, it looks harder than it is. Once you get it down and you have a, the right wrap, that's another big thing that we didn't get into in the conversation. But having the right wrap makes mm -hmm. a difference because I bought a couple wraps that were really beautiful, but they didn't slide enough when you were adjusting them. So if, you, for, if someone bought a wrap or tried a wrap that was one of those that was more linen or something, where when you go to adjust it, it's a massive effort. You have to keep kind of doing micro adjustments rather than being able to kind of pull it to the right uh, position because they need to be high enough that they're not hurting your back and they're in the right position. They feel your heartbeat and, you know, it's, you have to have body awareness. There's a lot of things kind of like vitamins and that's a whole other discussion. If you don't have somebody to show you and, and correct you the first time, you can really have a bad experience and never go back to it. 
So I think that's also why a lot of people go to carriers. But me personally, I, I never found carriers comfortable. I could never get that upper strap clipped with ease. So I never did it, and it didn't feel as connected to no, me. But anyway, yeah. So I'm I was happy to have Natalie on and uh, get a taste of the Singapore reality for whoever's out there. We do have some listeners out in Singapore, so um, yeah. That's Natalie. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Parenting and our Imperfect Podcast. For show notes, links to things we discussed, our blog, and more, please go to our website at www.imperfectparenting.net. If you have questions, comments, or stories you'd like to share, please go to our social media on our page or write us at info at imperfectparenting.net. We would love a review on iTunes from you and might have a couple surprises at the other side. So IP parents around the world, keep having a wonderfully imperfect day.